Hey everyone, thanks a lot for clicking on this episode. The guest for this episode is Arif. Arif is studying at ESSEC and ESSEC is one of the top business schools in the world for MIM program. So we have talked a lot about building a personal brand and building your profile. I really hope you like this episode and if you do so, please follow this podcast because I'll be posting a lot of similar content and also content on self-improvement, habit building, being an artist and doing creative work and a lot more. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. Hello everyone. Today I have Arif with me. Arif is studying MIM at ESSEC Business School in France at Paris. Um, ESSEC is one of the top business schools in uh, the entire world for MIM. So it's uh, nice to have you Arif. Welcome to the show. Thank you and um, nice of you to invite me. I didn't think that I was uh you know, that much of a creator that somebody will call me on their podcast. So thank you for giving me this opportunity and calling me here. Yeah. I mean, I love your work, man. Like that's the reason I called, uh, like your work really inspires me, especially on LinkedIn, uh, the consistency that you're showing with hundred day challenge. So that that's like amazing. Yeah. I mean, that is something that I wanted to do for a long time and just like around 40 days ago it's like day 42 right now of writing on LinkedIn the 40 days ago I just thought yeah just let, let's just try because uh, I thought that I had already started building a brand on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, with my videos plus with some uh, edutainment you call mm-hmm. it so uh, reels on Instagram so LinkedIn was a platform that I wanted to explore because it's still one of the most powerful platforms which has still a good organic reach Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to try something on LinkedIn. And yeah, I mean, with LinkedIn, the uh, the easy factor was um, um, you don't have to, you know, go so much deep into the content creation part. With uh-huh. YouTube, you script the stuff, you record the stuff, you edit the stuff, and then you upload it. Mm-hmm. With LinkedIn, it's just that you sit, you write something that could be meaningful, that could entertain somebody, that could educate somebody, that could provide a solution to a problem. Mm-hmm. And if your writing is concise, it's meaningful. Um, it's going to come out nicely, maybe in 30, 40 minutes of writing. And it has the power yeah. to reach a lot of people. Text always has a power to reach a lot of people compared to videos on YouTube initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously yeah. when you build a brand on YouTube, mm-hmm. it will reach a lot of people, but yeah, with uh, LinkedIn, it, it was something that I wanted to explore and it's mm-hmm. going quite good. So um, I hope I stick to the hundred day challenge and I uh, post every day, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a that's, nice journey that is going on. That's awesome, man. Like, uh, how's your life going in general? How's Paris? Uh, Paris is nice. It's getting hotter day by day. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm from India, but I'm still saying it's getting hotter because I've been here for the past two years. And when you are here in a cold country where it's almost uh, eight months of winter, mm-hmm. uh, you, get, you, you get used to the winter. And when the summer arrives, there's no fan, there's no AC. Uh, yeah. So you have to buy your own, you know, stand fan. So it becomes a little difficult, but yeah, it's nice. Uh, this weather right now, it's still good. In the mm-hmm. evenings, it's a bit chilly. In the morning, it's a bit chilly. So mm-hmm. that's why a hoodie. But yeah, in the afternoon, 
it, it gets hard so you uh, you know trim down to just one uh, clothing like a t-shirt or something but yeah Wonderful. other than that it's it's good uh, i am in my second year of mim it's about to end uh, in june mm-hmm. second year awesome. so my third year of mim will begin in a couple of months mm-hmm. and the overall journey so far um, it has been uh, you know a challenging experience as well because when i came in 2020 um, there was a, a lockdown also for a couple of months so it was difficult to you know manage everything uh, here plus um, finding jobs because that's the primary reason people come yeah. they want to settle down they want to they want a good job they want a good roi on their uh, masters yeah. program mm-hmm. so it was difficult in the initial months but yeah meeting new people meeting uh, meeting people from other nationalities that was uh, icing on the cake that was a good experience mm-hmm. and then when the lockdown got over in uh, the, the things changed i went to the uh, in person classes as well i explored paris i explored other regions of france other european countries as well that's the beauty of coming to uh, europe you get the schengen visa so you can roam around anywhere in europe yeah uh, just awesome. last uh, week uh, for eid actually i went to my cousin's place in germany before wow. that last year for e uh, not for eid but yeah for around christmas i went to my different cousin's place in amsterdam so that's the best part of studying in europe awesome man like you get to roam around a lot and also you are like studying and also you are finding internships so it's like a roller coaster ride like there are always ups and downs Definitely. like Definitely. you apply you get rejected again you apply you get a job like that's great because i've been talking to many people who are pursuing mim like uh, mayank vikram and all those guys like actually even like uh, you might know that i applied for mim um, i didn't get into esec but i got into escp but uh, uh, i i as like uh, let me like you know take one more year gap so so that i figure out you worked at deloitte right yeah i, I did so that was uh, after my undergraduate degree mm-hmm. and i completed that from mit manipal in electronics and communication and mm-hmm. i got a campus placement uh, uh, on the start of the fourth year Wow. that was deloitte then i continued my fourth year uh, did the seventh semester then the eighth semester i did in manipal itself uh, mm-hmm. a project in my uh, stream and then i joined deloitte around um, august of 2018 mm-hmm. and the placement at that time was um, now that i uh, have been here now that i've seen the landscape here i really feel that the placements that happen in india and you know engineering colleges are literally spoon feeding us jobs because oh, like, the companies come to the college they uh, hold their recruitment plans everything and we just give uh, uh, interviews and then we get the jobs uh, for <laughs> me i was lucky uh, deloitte was the first company that i sat for and luckily i got into that so i i applied to a few other as well but uh, after getting deloitte i want i really wanted to go to deloitte mm-hmm. so i didn't sit for many placements and that was mm-hmm. i think in total i just sat for four placements uh, in manipal and okay. i selected uh, deloitte uh, after coming here after applying for internships and something that esec allows us to do apprenticeships no. so uh, when i um, applied for that as well i think uh, have easily surpassed 200 applications here because the problem here is you don't have european experience even if you have experience back from india uh, they don't consider that experience uh, to a certain That's significant point. yeah that's significant uh, until unless it is very niche to your particular role 
let's say you did some um, technology consulting after your undergraduate and even after your mim degree or mba degree you still want to do technology consulting then it would be of significant importance mm-hmm. but people after mim after um, mba they want to do some you know management stuff maybe marketing or maybe uh, strategy or something like that so because of that your experience might not be that significant or that valuable you just need to convey it to the team that uh, whatever things you learned during your previous experience whatever soft skills you gained those are transferable to your new job because okay, hard okay. with hard skills anybody can learn hard skills in a couple of months yeah the important exactly. thing is soft skills so that is what you need to convey and mm-hmm. that was something uh, interesting for me and a, a funny story here uh, the 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 current job that i have right now mm-hmm. uh, I, i kind of got an edge in the interview process because of all the content creation stuff that i have been doing So, oh man yeah and that that was kind of the highlight of that interview experience and that made me realize the importance of your brand value mm. because um, so i applied to this company called ingenico and mm. um, so uh, the manager reached out to me that uh, i'm sorry we have already filled out this position mm-hmm. but since you you personally reached out to me on linkedin mm-hmm. i will keep you in mind and if i have any other offers um, we let you know and that was that and then um, one week or two weeks later i was still applying to other jobs and um, he reached out to me uh, saying that uh, the the person who was supposed to join us didn't show up so oh. we are interviewing for that role again and um, we would like to interview you <laughs> and i'm like okay uh, we we sat on an interview um, and we discussed and he said that um, um, so in the general uh, scenario a lot of indians go abroad to study right and that's the same case with france there are many indians who come here and with us indians it's it's the very same path we have mm. four years of engineering degree mm. one or two years of experience in a mnc and then mm-hmm. we come for a management degree mm. so he mentioned that um, out of the 30 40 50 applications he got for the role almost 80% of the people who were from india were from the same background they mm. did an engineering degree in electronics or maybe computer science or mechanical and then they did one or two years in an mnc and mm-hmm. then now they have come here for a management degree and yeah. my profile was also the same but mm-hmm. what uh, stood out for me is apart from all this uh, in my cv plus whatever i submitted in my application i had also mentioned all my content creation stuff okay. i mentioned that i had been a photographer before um, mm. i mentioned that i was into graphic design i was involved with a couple of startups during my undergraduate mm-hmm. uh, and right now i'm also making videos every other week on youtube in the education genre helping people you know realize their dream of coming abroad studying here mm-hmm. uh, maybe in france in europe or any other country mm-hmm. and uh, that's what i've been uh, doing apart from my normal curriculum of education mm-hmm. and you know experience and that's what he mentioned that that is what stood out for them and that is what he liked and he thought that if this person apart from his education and experience uh, landscape if he is doing something on the side with his free time he mm. will always do something he was he will not sit idle or he will not mm. just netflix and chill during his free time exactly. he would just explore new things mm. that is discipline right yeah exactly uh, if you're disciplined at it you're creating a brand so you have that inner fire to do you know do something apart from yeah. just like you're exactly. doing this podcast you mm-hmm. have that inner fire to you know create something of your own create your mm-hmm. name in the creator space create your mm-hmm. own brand and that is what stood out for me and mm-hmm. that is how i got my current apprenticeship that's awesome man like uh, as you said uh, 
like hard skills anybody can learn in a month or two uh that i totally get it because uh i consider like video editing as a hard skill uh i mean it involves creativity of course but for the basic video video editing like i did not know shit about video editing and i started my youtube channel and i learned basic video editing within like three weeks or something now i can make like basic like presentable videos on youtube so that's totally true but uh speaking of soft skills right now i'm working at deloitte so uh it's been one year uh, as an analyst uh so if i want to come for mim like i am a mim aspirant like what are the soft skills that one should focus on like especially when they are uh, early in their career path if they want to grow in in future so what are the soft skills that recruiters look for in in the future the thing is the the most uh uh like the top priority of soft skills that i've seen recruiters and even admission uh, committee in the schools look for is uh, uh are you going specifically deep into one topic mm-hmm. or are you trying to become the jack of all trades okay so uh, initially before i was trying uh, applying i was under the impression that uh, you know you have to be the jack of all trades mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that is still the saying uh, though uh, but um, one thing that i've realized is when it comes to the top top schools mm-hmm. like for example the top schools for mim or the top schools for mba be it in the us or be in the uh, be in uh, be it in europe what i've seen is what a lot of schools prefer is they want diversity in the uh, cohort mm-hmm. so with diversity what they try to focus is uh, we we have been told that you know if you try to s- uh, showcase your profile that you have done a you have done b you have done c you have done d you have mm-hmm. reached um, all the you have you, you are stepping foot in all the different boats mm-hmm. it might work uh, in some cases but what generally the admission committee wants is that they overall want a diverse cohort so individually they might not want such a diverse individual mm. so really they might because that's what we see generally in colleges in the us that yeah. people who are you know uh, playing sport at a national level uh, mm. they get in uh, on a sports scholarship people who are playing instruments at national level or if they have their own uh, uh, band or uh if they're playing any classical instruments or they have specialized in a particular field uh like they are very knowledgeable they are experts in that field these are the people that are generally you know getting admissions and why is that because overall when you look at the class it's a very diverse cohort one is way too specialized into a tech field one is a national level sport player one is a national level um uh, musician and one is maybe um you know Uh, expert in some other field so that is what i've come across that generally the top schools what they prefer is they prefer somebody who has specialized into a particular domain mm-hmm. yeah but in the general scenario if you're showing if you're trying to show that you have kind of step your uh, foot into multiple areas multiple domains then you could actually you know weave that story mm-hmm. as your personal uh directive where um, you're trying to experiment with what you want to do in life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because you you might be confused at a certain stage that i i'm not sure whether this particular field is for me or not and that is where the experiment comes into the picture so you experiment with let's say 
uh, graphic design or creative field. Then you experiment with, you know, writing or literature or something like that. Then you experiment with educational fields, like you're trying to build a career in uh, a particular uh, STEM field, something like that. And that is what you try to weave into your story and showcase that, okay, this is what I've experimented. This is what I've learned from different, different fields. And I've concluded that this is still the right path for me. Even after experimenting and trying to showcase that you are the jack of all trades at the end, when you're trying to convince the admissions committee, you need Mm -hmm. to still have a coherent story that, okay, I have experimented with A, B, C, and D, Mm -hmm. and I have concluded that C is the right path for me. And that is what I'm aiming towards. And Mm -hmm. with this business school that I'm applying to, Mm -hmm. uh, the the curriculum, the opportunities Mm -hmm. that the school will provide me will help Mm -hmm. me grow from one level of C to another level of C and Mm. five years down the line, I will take benefit of these opportunities, maybe the alumni network or the industries that generally recruit from them. Or I I want to open my uh, own company. I want to start a a venture or something like that. And this Mm. is where I'll reach from C to maybe C one level or C two level or something like that. And that is what generally works during admissions. Mm. But you know, when it comes to trying out different things, right. Uh, how should one go about it? Because uh, see, right now I'm working in consulting and I'm also interested in marketing. Uh, yeah. I can't just like quit the job and shift into marketing uh, all of a sudden because I won't have any opportunities there. So what are the different ways in which one can you know try out different things? Because uh, yeah, it is a great idea to try out different things, but how should how can one practically approach it uh, while having a stable source of income? See, uh, the the beauty about uh, the year that we are living in right now is so much of everything is online that there will be hundreds of avenues to, you know, try out your interest, your hobbies. With marketing, the best thing is there are different avenues of marketing. Do you want to try uh, digital marketing, influencer marketing, or do you want to, you know, um, maybe uh, specialize in SEO or keyword research or, you know, building a brand, brand strategy, product management, product marketing. Mm-hmm. whatever it is you can try everything on your own on the internet what you are doing right now with your podcast this is also a, fro- a form of brand marketing where you mm-hmm. are creating a brand of yourself and mm-hmm. you are marketing it to potential people potential customers or uh, putting uh, prospective customers on the internet you mm. are posting it on your uh, uh, instagram you're posting it maybe on linkedin or your whatsapp uh, status so people are looking at it and when they see something that they uh, they are interested in they will come onto your podcast they will listen they will find it interesting they will forward it to your, their friends which is basically a form of marketing called mm-hmm. word of mouth And that is how you will grow. And that is where uh, you will reach a point where you will understand, okay, this is my avenue of growth. This is where I can expand as well. Mm -hmm. With marketing, it's, uh, in my opinion, with marketing, it's a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Today, if somebody is interested in finance, Mm -hmm. I mean, finance, you can't do something on Instagram, right? But uh, yeah need other people maybe you can manage their finances maybe you can you know become a financial controller for uh, small companies smbs on the internet you and i'm pretty sure i've not seen it uh personally but i'm pretty sure these kind of job roles will definitely be there on fiverr so mm. if you just want to be you know explore this finance domain maybe learn a few uh, finance skills on the internet coursera youtube any other website and mm. try to uh, open up your profile on Fiverr, Upwork, something like that, and take up roles. Uh, maybe uh, if you have uh, people around you who 
uh, who have you know small businesses you can initially explore and offer them your services for free and then you build up your portfolio you do some freelance work on the internet you build up your portfolio and that's how you experiment and see whether you are actually interested in this or not mm-hmm. yeah uh, a similar thing uh, 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 in uh, the similar way i approached with my interest is that when i was in second year of my undergraduate i got really mm-hmm. interested into graphic design and mm-hmm. uh, i was introduced to the software back in 2012 and i was experimenting you know just photo editing um, mm-hmm. uh, on my body my cousin's face and we mm-hmm. were just having a laugh about that but i yeah. i learned the software through that and when i got into uh, manipal um, i started designing you know wall arts because at that time the soul store was very famous and people uh-huh. used to buy uh, stuff from there so mm-hmm. i became uh, i became um, uh, i made it a you know kind of a strict goal that mm-hmm. i want to become a designer on soul store Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, and that is where I started, you know, experimenting with, you know, wall arts, designs, you know, typography. I started learning Illustrator as well because that is where you design things from scratch. And Photoshop was just for photo editing. So I learned mm. Illustrator and I started designing uh, uh, wall arts. Eventually, I got uh, uh, a freelance, you know, artist job at uh, uh, Soul Store and I was designing posters wow. from my hostel in Manipal. All I had to do was come up with the design send it to soul store they will review it if they like it they'll ask me for the psd and ai files i will send it across to them and all the rest of the job is theirs they will print wow. it they will put it on their website they will sell it to the customers market it and uh, sell it collect the money deliver it and i will get a 10% 15% commission at the end of the month and wow. that is what worked for me but eventually around the third year fourth year uh, i realized that even though i am interested so much into graphic design i still don't want to make it a career and mm-hmm. that is where i uh, explore different things with a couple of friends um, we opened a different venture of our own like three or four couple of friends which basically facilitated uh, um, the needs of the student associations at manipal and connected them with uh, the local vendors in manipal and that is what we did in our third year fourth year and mm-hmm. that that also kind of you know uh, was pretty live during the fests but apart mm-hmm. from that the student clubs didn't have much of uh, uh, needs so that also died down but then after that when i joined deloitte uh, i i wanted to do something else apart from my you know um, mm-hmm. experience so i was always interested in photography even before my graphic design phase so i took out my camera i used to take photographs in you know fourth year of my college not before that I, mm-hmm. and i and i never even joined the photography club of manipal i just used to do it on my own and uh, during the fourth year i i asked a couple of my friends uh, if they were willing to you know uh, be the model for the photo shoots and they said mm-hmm. yes and i um, started doing that and i expanded during you know the fourth the end of fourth year where i had the project so i had a lot of uh, free time during the afternoon and the evening because the project was was just in mm-hmm. the morning so that is what i explored at that time and i continued that even in deloitte mm-hmm. and because of that since i started growing the instagram and at that time i think it was a private account i had like 300 followers or something mm-hmm. um but then since i made it a public account i uh, uh i i used hashtags i used you know uh, other different avenues of you know growing my account at that time there was no reels or igtv when i started mm-hmm. at that time but um, 
and slowly and steadily it uh, it was growing from around 300 400 500 600 gradually started growing and i started getting people from outside my network as well just dming me directly that i uh, uh, i i liked this work and i wanted a similar photo shoot or something like that an apparel company also reached out to me through a mutual friend that we want to do this uh, shoot and um, there were there were a few people from nift who were doing uh, finally a project and they wanted a, wow. a shoot for their um, mm-hmm. you know whatever they created the the clothes that they created so that is also something that i got interested in and i was doing on the side but then mm-hmm. again after that as well um, i thought that no i don't still want to make photography my career mm-hmm. so then i think um, then i talked to one of my friends uh, siddharth he uh, he posted a story on his whatsapp chat uh, that he got into london business school and uh, mm-hmm. we had a talk and i was a pro mba guy at that point mm-hmm. and we had a good chat and he made me realize that uh, the goals and aspirations that i have that can definitely be fulfilled with an mim degree i don't need to wait uh for you know 3 to 4 years to get that experience to go for an mba program because for me the important thing was i want to go abroad and settle somewhere maybe in the uk maybe in canada somewhere an english speaking country i want to settle and um, if i want to go through the route of an mba program i need to wait 3 to 4 years of uh you know i need to get 3 to 4 years of work experience and then apply because one or two years of work experience won't uh work in the case of you know us mbas or uk mbas yeah so that is where he told me that uh with the skills that we are developing the soft skills that we are developing uh it's just a change of geography you can get a head start with an mim program you already have that experience uh working in deloitte for one year so you know how the corporate world works so mm-hmm. so you will still be a little ahead of a complete fresher you will mm-hmm. know how to react you will know how to work in a company all of that and that's when i started applying for uh you know studying for the gmat and mm-hmm. applying excuse me ha huh? so uh, applying to uh, the mim programs and after that i still wanted uh, and then uh, the pandemic came so i was stuck at home after applying and but then um, i wanted to you know reignite my creative profile uh-huh. uh, i had done graphic design i had done uh, photography i wanted to you know reignite everything and but uh, since i had already explored graphic design plus photography i thought mm-hmm. maybe let's try something else and uh, that's when uh, so after getting into essec uh, i mean whenever you get into a college what is the first thing you do you go on youtube right you yeah. search for you know how essec is how the campus tour is how the hostels are how is it to live in paris uh, what's the life of a student in paris and i did that and i did not find any videos um, oh, yeah. and uh, and maybe i i will call it luck but mayank was also uh, you know not producing videos at that time mm-hmm. so there was nobody who was producing videos there were a few videos from um, uh, french natives but they were uh, some were in french some were not as detailed as i wanted it to be so mm-hmm. i saw this as a good opportunity that i already have some experience in you know in photography i know how to handle a camera mm-hmm. how difficult would it be to just switch it to the video mode maybe put it on a tripod and just speak to it and then make videos about france and then the uh, the doubt hit me that i'm not in france i'm in a room in uh, hyderabad it's locked down i can't go outside uh, should i just stop but then um, thankfully i took that leap of faith mm-hmm. and uh, i started scripting my first video and the lockdown also kind of eased during that time 
and i i made my first video of uh, like titled hi youtube i've changed the title a couple of times now but yeah the, the initial title was uh, hi youtube something like that and then i made that video and then the second one was how i studied for gmat uh, in one month because mm-hmm. that was something um, that i explored at that time that if i'm starting a youtube channel what would be the niche so uh, there is an activity that i did at that time and that is something that every content creator should do mm-hmm. if they are you know having a creative block or if they haven't started yet just sit down take a pen and a uh, piece of paper and a pen and just think what you have gone through in the last 1 to 2 years mm-hmm. so let's say um for me it was like i was in deloitte i had done photography uh i had uh, gone through the gmat experience i had studied gmat for uh, i had given gmat in one month and uh, i have uh, got an admission from an mim school uh, uh, in france and these are my uh, expertise right now that i can talk about mm-hmm. uh, and that is what i penned down and that is where i decided okay so the niche of my youtube channel will be education abroad studying abroad and maybe MIM would be too niche at this point of time, so I will also explore other avenues of education abroad. So that is where, after creating one to three videos initially of just you know GMAT, MIM, ESSEC Business School, I asked Siddharth first of all that you are the one who guided me uh, towards MIM. Mm-hmm. So let's do a video on how you got into the MIM at LBS. Mm-hmm. So that is what uh, we hopped on a call. Yeah, uh, I've seen that video. Uh, and that, that that video uh, is one of the best videos uh, uh, best performing videos on my channel that uh, and then i asked one more friend from deloitte who got into the uh, who got into us um, he got into i think uh, california and uh, uh, georgia tech and washington as well so he mm-hmm. got for the mis program then mm-hmm. i asked uh, one more friend who got into the mba program in india fms delhi Mm-hmm. so i interviewed him as well he was also a colleague from uh, like a batchmate from manipal and then uh, one more who was from deloitte who got into uh, the us as well for a different program for okay. an ms okay. for an nms program so that is where i you know kind of explored all the possible avenues in the first 10 videos itself mm-hmm. i posted one video for my mim in europe mm-hmm. i posted one video for mim in uk uh two programs in the us then one program uh, in india as well mm-hmm. so that is where i explored and uh, after that i mean i had decided okay this is what my niche is going to be and i started creating videos on that and yeah it's been a good journey since then i haven't been as consistent as i wanted to be but mm-hmm. it's a st- it's still a slow and steady growth mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it has allowed me to meet so many uh, new creators i've made uh, so many new friends through uh, connecting through them on instagram through linkedin mm-hmm. through uh, uh, youtube so that is what i did when i uh, you know i had some like good following on youtube when i started gaining good number of subscribers uh, mm-hmm. i started posting about them on linkedin as well uh, and instagram as well i made an instagram account to support that uh, youtube channel and i started posting the video updates on whatsapp as well mm-hmm. and that is how i explored that uh, uh, this is the direction that i want to go in and wow. uh, that is what i would recommend any content creator do mm-hmm. just sit down with a pen and paper figure out what you have gone through in the last 2 years 
and just jot down what is the thing that you can talk about continuously for half an hour at least hmm. which is what i'm doing right now exactly <laughs> yeah i'm continuously non stop talking about one topic if this is if there is a topic that you can continuously talk about for 20 to 30 minutes that is your niche that is your genre that's great point man i I've, i've never heard this point actually like uh i have seen like so many videos i have followed so many content creators i have spoken to so many content creators like uh everybody says that uh the thing what you said like uh, sit down and write uh, write down about your niche and write down about your ideal um audience and everything yeah. but the point that you made that if there's a topic about which you can talk for like 30 minutes straight that can be your niche because you can talk about something for 30 minutes straight only if you have enough knowledge and if you are genuinely interested about that exactly right? the, the genuinely interested part is the most crucial here is because uh, right now there is also a wave of you know becoming a content creator everybody is yeah. trying to just become a content creator and they directly jump into fields where they are not that interested but they see that maybe this is a good growth uh, avenue and i could create a brand of my own here and then they start something and then um, initially they get inspiration from the big players in the industry and they you know uh, kind of create templates based on what has worked for those uh, experts mm-hmm. and then they create their own posts videos articles images reels something like that but they are not genu- genuinely interested in that so after exactly. a certain point after maybe a month or so they get bored and they decrease their frequency uh, they don't post anymore and this then they complain that i'm not growing Hmm. but when you are genuinely interested uh, about a topic when you can actually talk about that topic without any preparation like for instance for this one as well i have no notes here i literally mm-hmm. have my mouse phone my coffee nothing else i don't have a pen and paper that i'm you know seeing okay this is the point that i want to talk about i'm just directly talking about it what i've done what i i'm doing right now what i want to do how how i want to approach how people who are in the same path a couple of steps behind should approach Mm-hmm. i'm just talking about it continuously and that is your niche if you exactly. and that is where even if you don't consider you uh, yourself to be knowledgeable mm-hmm. you are knowledgeable because you are talking about it for 20 minutes yeah hey guys thanks a lot for listening to this and this was the part 1 of my conversation with arif make sure you listen to the part 2 as well because we have talked in depth about building a personal brand and how content creation can help you to build your personal brand and how can it help you in your career thanks a lot for listening to this podcast again and make sure you follow this podcast if you enjoyed this episode thank you